Hey guys, happy Monday. This week we have on Colin Mulvey. Colin Mulvey is a retired hockey player that is now taking on the fashion world. Mulvey played college at Norwich University and then played a year in the Central Hockey League and three years in the East Coast Hockey League. In between his years in the ECHL, he played in Germany for the Erding Gladiators. He is a particular man when it comes to his clothes and his style. He is now working to create a clothing line that fits perfectly on any athletic build. Along with being charismatic and highly driven, he's also really intelligent. Listen to us talk about his professional career, starting his new company, and traveling the world. So here we go. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. This is Tyler. He's going to be joining us today, How's too. Going, man? What's up, Tyler? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Did you just start your own underwear line? I did, yeah. But I also turned 30, and I'm like, I got to start meeting new people and doing new things, like stop living in a shell. So it's time, it's time to explore a little bit. Hell yeah. I Happy like birthday, that. by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Do anything you. fun for it? No, I fucking... Uh, like hit from the world, it was a depressing day turning thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Well, dirty thirty. Where are you at right now? Are you in Massachusetts? No, I'm living in uh, Ohio right now. It's not. It's not a very exciting place. What part? Cincinnati. Oh, so you've like? Didn't you finish your pro career up there? I actually I finished in Fort Wayne, but um, when I was living, when I was playing for the Cincinnati team, I saw how cheap real estate was. And I wanted to start, like, buying and selling houses, so that's why I came back. Gotcha. And you like it out there? What are your thoughts on uh, Ohio? I think my time's coming to a close pretty soon. <laughs> there you go. So do you have your realtor's license? No, I, I'm more in the, like, the buying and doing the renovations. Okay. I, don't, I don't sell the properties. Gotcha. That's awesome. How many houses have you flipped so far? I've done five so far. Wow. And... Plan on just doing like buying and holding from here on out. Okay. Get the, get the rental money. Yeah, that's smart. Is it in a college town or like close to any like? Uh, there's like UC and then Xavier, but like all the real estate around them is already bought up. Yeah. So you're you're more so dealing with like Procter and Gamble and Kroger employees. Gotcha. The big guys here. Colleges, you can like buy the real estate around there and rent it out to kids, like. Forever. Oh, you make a shitload. I know, it's crazy, like, everywhere. Like yeah, literally, it's everywhere. Yeah, you just can't, like, I don't know, you kind of got to cut it cut it as a lost house, because I've seen those things get trashed. Oh, yeah, they're a disaster <laughs> after. you got to plan on painting, like, all the walls over, redoing a few pieces of drywall, <laughs> re- re- replacing the floor. Like, don't put carpet in a college house. It's no. the grossest <laughs> on the planet. Disgusting. Jeez, is that what your house is like at Norwich? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Like, one of the houses, I'm pretty sure they tore it down after the guys moved out. Really? Yeah, it was, like, it was disgusting. There was this one door that nobody knew, like, where it went. And then one night, this guy was making out with this chick, like, pretty aggressively against this door. And it broke open. And it was just a pit into the base. It was, like, a 10-foot drop into the oh. base. And there's, like, no staircase. It's just, like, a dirt basement. They have to call the fire department to get a ladder to get this chick out of the basement. Oh, my oh. God. 
It's so funny. That's actually insane. Oh, yeah, it's gross. This is, like, the nastiest place ever. That same house I was talking about didn't have a door in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Someone wanted in, and they wouldn't open up, so the guy's like, fuck it, I'm coming in. He's like, Kool-Aid man right through the door. (laughs) It's broken. And the rest of the year, there's a black trash bag hanging, and that was it. The black trash bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Let's start with, so you're from Mass, yeah? Yeah. How was it growing up there and playing? It's like, it's nice because there's a ton of rinks and everything's around. Like, living in Cincinnati here, I don't think I'd ever want to play because if you played here, you'd have to travel, like, two, three hours to, yeah. to play anybody that's any good. But in Mass, like, we had all the leagues and all the different rings, so it was definitely, like, a place you could, like, grow up playing. Yeah. Who'd you play youth for? I don't know how, like, I, I bounced around quite a bit. I started off with the Worcester Crusaders. And I got cut from that team after my first season because oh. I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> then we played in what was called like the Select League back then for a team called the Central Mass Outlaws. Okay. And then and then I played for the Providence Friars, which became the Providence Capitals. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I played a year for the Bandits. Okay, yeah. So I think everyone's kind of heard of. Yeah. You, is that the Metro, or did they change leagues by then? So when I played, I played like eighteen AAA there. But it was already into, like, the EHL and, like, EHLB or Junior B, whatever. So that's, like, I think my junior team is in that league now, the Valley Junior Warriors. Yeah. So I think they made it to the USPHL or whatever that is. Yeah, pretty much now it's crazy now. So, like, everything is, like, USPHL. Like, even, like, half the Western states join the USPHL. Like, it's the entire, like, United States is USPHL. Yeah. It's insane now. But it's not it's not the same as, like, the real teams. No. Like, the Fargo and Indiana Ice or whatever they are. Yeah, no. And, like, the AHL, like, when – or EJ, when you played in, it was, like, that's, like, when it was still very good league. Like Yeah, it was, like, if you didn't want to move away from home, that's the only place to play. Yeah. It wasn't, like, worth playing in the NA because it made no difference. Yeah, it was the same level of play except, like, you didn't have yeah. the goons necessarily. Yeah, you had to wear the vines. You had to wear a full shield. It's about the only difference. Yeah, which is probably nice back then with the reckless kids. <laughs> oh yeah, like I would have lost so much more teeth back then if I didn't. Uh, yeah. If I, if I take my visor off. I know. I played in the USB. I wore it for like six games. Every game, like two, three sticks to the face, no calls. I was like, okay, this is not even worth it. I don't even look that good. Like, no, like hey, no. John, I'll be way safer. And like. I don't know what the insurance deal is. You're probably paying for that shit out of pocket. Oh, if you get, like, your teeth knocked out or something, I don't think the league covers any of it. Like, that's just yeah, all you. Because, like, especially with not enforcing visors, they're like, well, it was his decision to wear, like, Jared. Yeah, exactly, so. I'm wearing full dome at that point. Yeah, <laughs> forever. <laughs> I think if I put my skates back on it, when, like, men's league, I'd wear a mask, too. Oh, you have to. So I met Tyler when we were playing at a men's league tournament together, and I had to go coach a game, and then I was going to jump on the ice for our game to play, and I come back, and he's, like, got his teeth in the front. (laughs) Dude, yeah, so I had made the North American League, and so I came back from camp, and then that week I was like, okay, I guess I'll put a visor on like I'm going to NA. Yeah, you're used to it. Yeah, exactly, and so I wore it for, like, three days, and, like, third day, like, this guy sticked me, like, perfectly into my front two teeth, and knocked them both, like, straight forward, but not out of my face, and it was, like, a Saturday, so I call my dentist, and he's like, hey, I just got knee surgery, there's nothing I can do, some guy at the rink was like, hey, I have a buddy who's, like, 
45 minutes from here, a set of work on you. And I was like, all right. So I do this 45. You the veterinarian before you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, whatever, like anything works. So I do this 45 minute drive and like I'm passing people and like, I'm like, okay, might as well smile at these people. So I'd be at red lights. I would smile and they would be like horrified. I walk into the dentist's office and this like 16 year old kid's there. And he's like, hey, how's it going? He's wearing like the full dentist outfit. And I'm like, am I this guy's first patient ever? Like, what's going on here? And he's like, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, I just got my teeth knocked out. And yeah, and he's like, oh, he's like, so you're a hockey player? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, come on back here. Still scared. I'm like, okay, well, this kid does not look like he should be doing it. He's like, my dad's right back there. He'll work on you. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Guy gets on top of me, pushes both teeth as hard as he can, and pops them perfectly back into place, throws two stitches in the front, goes, you'll probably need a root canal, but when that time comes, just call me back. Didn't need a root canal. The guy charged me 50 bucks. That's it. <laughs> Holy shit. It was like the biggest like life-saving moment ever. My mom didn't kill me. My dad was like, okay, whatever, 50 bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks. Double yeah. stitches. Yeah. That's unreal. Man, I remember uh, my first year of pro, this one kid tried out for our team and didn't make it. He went down to the SP. And he comes back, and he's moving in with me. So I open the door to him, and he gives me this huge smile, and he's missing all four of his front teeth. Oh, my. And two weeks that he'd been down in that league, and he lost all front four. <laughs> like, it was miserable. Like, I couldn't, like, you can't eat a sandwich. No. You can't eat anything. It's fork and knife only. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> that's so funny. He used to have the flipper. Yeah. And we'd be at bars and stuff, and he'd, like, take his flipper out and go talk to girls, or then he'd, like, drop his flipper into girls' drinks and stuff. Yeah. Girls were hilarious. Dude, I, I had a buddy do the same move. He would, like, be like, open your hand up, and they'd be like, what? And then he would already have it out, and he would put it in their hands, and be like, ew. I'm like, dude, that's just so gnarly. And we wonder why girls think we're, we're weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never really clicks with us. <laughs> I think they're weird, but they don't get that joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. Smile. <laughs> Have you ever had any big injuries from playing? Uh, nothing like too substantial. No surgeries or anything like that. I had high ankle sprains in college, like each ankle, uh, one year after the other. Worst injury and in hockey. The worst part about that is when you are coming back, you have to, like, tape up your ankle. But I hated the way the pre-wrap felt underneath the tape. So I had to shave my leg. But I only shaved, like, halfway up my calf <laughs> on one leg. So it was just a hard line of hair, like, midway down my calf. <laughs> I got a lot of awkward looks at the gym and stuff. But it was worth <laughs> Mid-calf socks only. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why are you wearing one white, uh, <laughs> <the bottom? laughs> It's like, ah, don't worry about a high ankle sprain. Google it. I'm a, I'm a lax bro. I'm a lax bro. Lax bro. <laughs> That's funny. And so, you only played one year junior, huh? Yeah, it's all I could afford. I probably, if I could afford it, I would have stuck out to two more and, and taken one of the potential D1 offers on the table, but I didn't have any more money, so I said, screw it. So you went in before, like, how old were you when you went into your freshman year? 18. Oh, you went as an 18-year-old? Yeah. And that was a pretty like, good year, huh? That was a pretty good year, yeah, until I got the high angle sprain at the end of the season, which, like, hurt me for playoffs and stuff. And then the second season, I got a high angle sprain the second game of the season, and that did me in. And when I came back, 
was like fourth line, finally started to get going again. And we were playing this one game, and it was off a center ice face-off, and I took the puck up along the boards, and this defenseman just like pinched me off and like sealed me. And I ran into like the stanchion oh. where the pass started, and my head was leaning over the board, so it popped my helmet off, and I just fell straight back. Lights out. No way. I just remember waking up in the locker room and I was walking in with this one guy, Owen Carpino, and, I'm, and I think I'm still playing at this point. Like I'm still in the game, and so I'm like, "Chicky, where am I? Where am I sitting in the locker room today?" And he's like, "You're sitting next to me." I'm like, "I would never sit next to you. I don't even like you." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, "Yeah, this is like a code nine on the uh, concussion scale. Let's get someone in here." Yeah, and then. For whatever reason, my roommate was a, a health bomb that night, healthy scratch. So, but he went to the bar, so he was shit faced. So, and they, they like get him out of the stands. They're like, "Hey, McCann, you gotta take care of Mulvey. Like, he doesn't know where he is. You gotta, you gotta figure him out." So I'm in the shower, and all of a sudden, this guy's in the shower with me. <laughs> he just, he's like, "I gotta get the booze off me. I'm coming in." <laughs> That's unreal. You're probably like, what is going on right now? Yeah, um, am I really messed up, or does he really just get out of suit to come to the shower? Just a combo, just a combo of the two. You're like, oh no. Yeah, so we were we were quite the pair that night. <laughs> and then your senior year, quite the year, right? Yeah, I had a really good senior year. Um, I had started going to this this skill coach out of BU, this guy named Percy Hassan, and he like taught me how to take a one-timer and a bunch of like other really small but important skills that I never had in my game and that like really took off senior year and I played with like these two sick line mates who just made it easy for me just put me in the right spot yeah line mates are such a big thing in the game oh it's it's huge like you're only good as the opportunity you're given if you're on the fourth line and coach only allows you to dump it in you're never going to score but if you put you on the first line with guys who can make plays game's real easy (laughs) it's crazy it's like (laughs) It's not, a, it's not that hard. You just got to play with good guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when I would train in the summers and it would be like all NHLers on the ice and then me. It's like me, Bergeron, and Marshawn. Like, I'm pretty good. I can do this. <laughs> You're like, hey, do you guys need a spot next year? Like, no. you, know, you want to talk to coach for me? <laughs> hey, pasta. You stay on that side of the locker room. I'm taking this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah. That guy, that guy's hilarious though. Pasternak is like out of his mind funny. Yeah. Always smiling. He's like, I don't think he's ever had a bad day. No, I don't think he can. It's hard to have <laughs> yeah. a bad day when you're in the NHL, I feel like. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, you, so you're a Bruins fan? No, I don't like the Bruins at all. <laughs> Who are you a fan of then? Uh, no one really. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd be a fan of like a couple players, but I have no allegiance to laundry. Like I don't give a shit about the logos. Yeah. So because yeah. so there's so much turnover. Who are you really rooting for? Yeah. You're rooting for Jersey because like, oh, I grew up a Habs fan, but by the time you were five years old and today, there's nobody in that organization that still works there. No, exactly. Like I'll be like, I grew up in California, so I was like a Sharks fan. Now I look at the roster, and it's like, thankfully, the Sharks keep a lot of the old guys. So it's like Jordan Pavelski is like they're gone. I'm like, who's on the team now? Like, Marlo? <laughs> he's back. Is he back again? He's back again. Yeah. yeah. No, his name. I think I know Burns. 
Guns. Oh yeah. Oh, they grabbed Carlson too. That's a pretty big pickup. Oh uh, yeah. But <laughs> they grabbed Carlson when he was on the on the back end. Yeah, which is like, and you, like with Burns and him, it's just so tough. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I want to jump back to your freshman year at Norwich. So you're a freshman, and you guys are going into playing the Frozen Four, and you take it home. Like, how does that feel? It was pretty sick. Like it, the whole year, we kind of thought we were going to win. From after the first game, it was like we got this. For like, I don't know why, but it all clicked. The first game is a scary one because we actually played this team called the University of New England, and they had never played a college game before in history. Like, we were their first ever game, and I think they won with, like, two minutes left. So they were the worst team in the country, and we beat them with, like, two minutes left. I was like, yikes. But then after we snuck that one out, it was, like, game on, and we steamrolled everybody in the country. I think we... We only lost one game that year, and the, the goal was scored from the red line. It was like a fluke. Wow. Awesome. But, yeah, we, we were playing the, in the finals. played a team called St. Norbert, okay. and we set the NCAA record for most shots total in a game and shots for. I think we won a double OT, like 20 seconds left. We had 75 shots for and, like, 20 against. Oh, my God. You guys dominated them. Dominated. Damn. Cause I, so I played two years at Utica. And yeah. I just transferred to Wilkes, which is, like, a newer school. I don't know if you've even heard of it yet. but I never heard of that, no. Utica was always, like, uh, a good school. Yeah, I mean, beautiful. Barn. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play there? No, but I heard, like, my, my good friend played there. Oh, really? Then yeah. Norwich ended up winning the uh, national championship in Utica's rink like a few years after you left. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's sick. It would be a sick place to win. Yeah, but actually winning it hurt like shit because <laughs> I was on the bench and they were like, Mulvey, you're up. So I wasn't even looking when the goal went in and it went in. So I jumped on the ice and I tried to take my helmet off and I still had my chin strap down. And I pulled it up, and I smoked my nose with an intro. I think I broke my nose trying to pull my helmet off. <laughs> That's so but fun. I, I got it off. We had a good time that night. Sick, yeah. I bet. <laughs> Where is Norwich? It's in the middle of Vermont. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like, the closest city would be Montpelier. Okay. Okay. Because I'm just thinking, like, where do you go to celebrate? Nowhere. You go to the one that you go to the house that you, that's going to get burned down. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that house did get almost burned down, like the last week of the year, because one guy, he was a senior, he's like, I'm done with all my stuff. So he went and smashed everything in his apartment to fit into the back of his pickup truck. Like, so he pulls the pickup truck over to that house. And just dumps it on the front lawn and lights it on fire. Oh. So it started burning the siding off the house. So like it was so hot, it started to melt the siding. And they called the fire department. The ironic part is the guy who lives in that house is a volunteer firefighter <laughs> for this town. So he had to come and put out the house, the fire in his own house. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how those college towns are. Like firefighters own the houses, all this. Yeah. <laughs> it's college. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then coming off your senior year, did you want to, did you always want to play pro or what were your thoughts? Uh, I didn't really even have like an idea that I could play pro. The only thing that made me even somewhat think of it was there's another guy in our team, a guy named Kyle Thomas. He had been going to development camp with the Wilds for the summers. And I'm like, well, if Kyle's getting the op- these opportunities and I outscored Kyle, then maybe at the end of the year, but I never really thought anything would come of it, and the day after my last college game, a pro team called me 
and signed me to fly out the next day for a playoff round. So I kind of jumped in it and was sick. I skipped the last two months of school. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> and you scored a couple, right, in the playoff run? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I started off, I played pretty limited role, and then as it went on, I, I finally got into the game. And But that was the first time I ever didn't wear a half shield like you. Yeah. So I was, like, super nervous, like, not wearing it. And my first shift, I go out, and I'm playing against this, like, 45-year-old grizzled bat. <laughs> and he's like, hey, kids, it's your first game tonight. And I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, good, because I'm going to end your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Like, don't you have a wife and kid to go home to? Like, He, he had his kids, like, uh, come out and drop the server on a pot. The kid's taller than me. <laughs> Probably older, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so how was the first pro goal? Anything special or just grit? I think it was an overtime winner, which was pretty sweet. Ooh, in playoffs? Yeah. In the playoffs, yeah. That's sick. So that was That was a nice one to get. That's huge. Keep the, keep the puck. Oh, there you go. Keep <laughs> the puck and everything. Yeah. That's unreal. Nothing fancy. I think it's like a rebound that I just tapped it in, but I'll take it. I don't okay. know what to Take it. And then right after that season, the Brahmas ended up folding. They folded before the buzzer rang, like at our last game. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, the, we lost, and the owner comes in and he's like, hey guys, sorry to tell you, but... We went bankrupt about the second period. Here's some beers. Bye. They, like, peeled. He's out. Oh, my God. He, like, took all the money and ran. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever seen him since. Guys are, like, scrambling to get their, like, last check and, like, flights home and all this other stuff. And we actually had to sue the team. Like, the players union had to sue the league to get money to, like, pay everybody out. Damn. Wow. I would have yeah. gone to the stick room. I would have grabbed every stick in there. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So were you, like, kind of taken back? Did you know where you were going to go from there? Uh, I really didn't know at that point. Um, I wanted out of the Central League. I wanted to play in the East Coast League because at that time there was two different leagues and they were considered the same level. But the Central is full of, like, a bunch of old guys. And the, EJ, or the East Coast was, like, a little bit younger. So I wanted to play in the Coast. And I hired this agent, and the agent calls me, and he's like, yeah, I talked to South Carolina in the coast, and they don't want any guys from Division three schools at all, but I got you a great deal in the Central League in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I'm like, okay, let me let me just like think it over. And I call my friend Kyle, who I said was going to the wild camp, and I'm like, hey, Kyle, where are you playing next year? He's like, oh, I just signed with South Carolina today. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my agent told me that they didn't want anything to do with Division Three guys, so I'm guessing he just lied to my face. And <laughs> so I had to fire my agent, and then I ended up uh, getting on with Wheeling in the Pittsburgh uh, minors because Mike Greer, I don't know if you know who he is. But like a Mike, Mike Greer. Yeah, I told you I was a Sharks fan. Yeah, so yeah, so Legend. Mike Greer is my boy. <laughs> is he? Oh, yeah. No way, that's so funny. He's like one of my summer coaches, and he would run all the uh, pro skates out of Mass- out of Boston area. That's sick. So Greer one day was like, "Hey, where are you playing next year?" And I'm like, "I don't know yet, Greer." And he's like, "Oh, let me get a phone call." And he went and called Pittsburgh, and I signed that afternoon. That's Ooh. sick. So did you go straight to Wheeling, or did you start with at the time was it still Wilkes? I was supposed to go to Wilkes, but Greer apparently like called too late, and they already filled their camp roster, so gotcha. I started off. 
And how was Wheeling? I've heard there's not a lot going on in the town. Wheeling's a dump. It's an absolute <laughs> dump. <laughs> it's a, a depressing place. Nothing is open. The whole downtown is, uh, like, abandoned. Um, like, the fans were pretty, like, wild, though. They, they loved it. That's all they have going on. So the fans loved it. But the town and, like, the living situation when I was there was tough. We were living in a log cabin that was built in like 1812 in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of the great president's houses. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think William Howard Taft grew up there. <laughs> I've heard like a lot of the East Coast League teams get some crazy fans. Oh, they, they call them like the mutants. That's like the inside term. I think that what the boys call the fans. Yeah. It's Rude to say, but like that's what they're like. Oh, we're gonna mingle with the mutants tonight. Yeah, they don't have teeth. They're always just all creatures, just walking creatures. Yeah, some some definitely are, but some are like extremely nice and awesome. They'll do anything for you. It's also funny, like these guys, these fans will know like everything about the team, like everything, oh, everything. They they know everything about you too. They're, <laughs> I remember I showed up one day and this woman brings in a birthday cake. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> It was my birthday. Nobody on the team knew it was my birthday, but this fan did. Let's go. <laughs> That's so funny. That is awesome. So a lot of teams and people are getting shut down right now, and they're kind of in a similar position as you. What advice would you give them? Oh, like I feel, I feel so bad for, especially the younger guys who, like the high school seniors, the college seniors, like people trying to to make a transition. Uh, I, I guess it kind of try to treat it as a positive. If you have any holes in your game, try to try to fix those now. So say like if you have a, you're bad on your back end, like spend this time to get better on your back end, things like that. But unfortunately, it's out of our control. I wish they would just open it up personally. Yeah, I don't have that kind of pull. So. <laughs> you, oh, you didn't run for the president election seat this year? I did, but Kanye, he 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 won the primary in my. <laughs> That's too bad. I would have voted you. Just wasn't registered yet. <laughs> I voted today, but I didn't get a sticker. So does that mean I didn't actually vote? And I didn't post it on Instagram. Oh, then you definitely yeah, didn't vote. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the I haven't worked out in years either because I haven't posted those either. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on social media, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Times are changing. Yeah, they are. Like, uh, extremely quickly. Yeah, when you were growing up, what? Was Instagram, like, how old were you when Instagram started getting, like, popular? I think, like, when I, the year I graduated college, like, 2013, 2014 is when it started to, like, become a thing. So you didn't even win a national championship because you didn't even post it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even post something on Facebook at the time. Like, that's how it was. My wall was empty. I could have put something. How about your MySpace? You definitely give a MySpace something for that, huh? Yeah, I wasn't even cool enough to have a MySpace. Tom rejected me as his friend. <laughs> we were talking about the CHL because I didn't know what that was. So Tyler explained it to me. I was like, oh, my God, it's kind of crazy how many leagues – have come and have gone just in the past couple of years. What do you think the biggest shift has been that you've seen? In terms of leagues, I think just like the strength of the European leagues have become a lot better recently. Uh, There's so much more European talent. And in terms of like the play, it's it's such a more of a skill game 
when I first played in Wheeling, I think we'd have like four or five nights, four or five fights a night. It was just like a goon show. <laughs> and I think my last year in the coast, probably had like five fights in the whole season. It's like a completely different landscape. I wish I was a little bit younger because yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a huge pussy, so I don't fight. Um, <laughs> So I wish I wish I was a little bit younger and, and grew up in more of a skill game, but it's what it is. So it, it's nice that smaller players like myself do have opportunities to play where in the past you just be overlooked. And do you have any fights in your career? <laughs> no, I, I fight the score sheet. I lose that quite a bit. Um, uh-huh. No, no, I guys used to ask me to fight, and then I would just look at them and be like. No, I'm a huge pussy. And then we both have a laugh and we walk away. Yeah, best way to go about it. Like, you don't need Because if, I, what are you going to say to me after I call myself that? You, I kind of take ammo. No, exactly. You took all of his ammo away and now you won the mental fight. That's all that matters. Yeah, we. but it's always because it always ends with both of us laughing. He's like, and then he gets back to bench. He's like, kid's kind of a beauty, boys. Don't fight him. All right. All right. <laughs> or you just tell him, I don't get paid enough to fight. So that's that's also know. a good line. And then the decision to go to Germany. Yeah, I always wanted to go to Europe um, from the get-go because my first year in Wheeling, there's so much roster movement. I think we had, like, 70 different players play on our team. At, like, if you combine them all, oh. I don't think I've ever dressed the same roster two nights in a row the whole season. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> So there's just so much instability, and I was like, I want out of that, and mm. I, I'd rather go get an experience and see, like, a different part of the world. So that's why I went to Germany, and I never really planned on coming back, but my friend and I, Tori, were signed for a two-year contract to a different team in a higher league, and, uh, like, a week or so before we were scheduled to fly back to Germany, we get a call from the general manager, and he's like, hey, the coach you signed with just quit. And we got a new guy coming in, but he's German, and he doesn't like English, and he doesn't like English people. So yeah. uh, you can come and be hated, or you can just, like, we can amicably, I can't even say that word, we can rip up the contract yeah. <laughs> and go our separate ways. So it's like, all right, screw it, I'll go a separate way. Gotcha. But, and you played in the relegation tournament for Germany that year. Yeah. How was that? It's such a weird mentality when you're like, boys. We need to win tonight, so you don't have to play tomorrow. I do not play tomorrow. <laughs> you lit it up, though, huh? Yeah, it was, it was nice. Like, I think in that relegation round, I was on. I was moving. I don't know why, but I remember one night. I think I had like eight points in, in one night. It's probably the best game I ever played. Just didn't have to play anymore. <laughs> you have to play tomorrow. You go back to the United States. Yeah, I want to go on a trip. Me and my buddy Tori had this trip planned for like the next day. Like, if we lose today. We're going to play tomorrow. We're going to have to skip the trip. Oh, uh-huh. get over <laughs> Boys, I got this one. I'll get eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I got slapped at the end of that trip, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, do we get to hear it? What was the trip? So, so Tori and I wanted to, like, go see Europe after we finished. So we planned a trip to England and then to the Netherlands and then back to Germany. So I get back to my apartment after the game that night and... A female friend of mine was waiting for me there, and she's like, so what are you up to the rest of the time in Germany? Like, oh, Tori and I are flying out in the morning, and then we'll come back in a week, and when we when we get back, I have tickets to, like, fly back to the U.S. the next day. And she's like, so you're not going on a trip with me? I'm like, didn't even think about it. My bad. 
<laughs> that's when you knock the flipper out, you just throw it at her and she'll just leave. Yeah, so then that's when she almost knocked my flipper out and gave me a heart attack. <laughs> we, we do this trip, and on the way back, our flights got messed up, and Tori got on an earlier flight than I did back to Munich. So I'm like, whatever, Tori, you take the, the car, I'll just catch the bus home. I've never taken the bus once all year, but I'll take it this time. So I get on the bus, and I'm sitting in the second stop. I see a silhouette of, like, this really good-looking blonde woman, like, standing at the bus stop. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm the only person on the bus. Maybe I can talk to this woman. She gets on. It's the same girl. <laughs> oh, no. no way. Super coincidence. Like, crazy coincidence. It was her. She was just going downtown to meet a friend. And we sat there and had, like, the most awkward 20-minute conversation. At the end, I was like... I don't know what to do. Uh, bye. Like, I didn't give her a hug. No idea. The walker. Knuckles and walk. Just the old fist bump. <laughs> Karma. Karma was not my friend that day. No. <laughs> so then you came back to the States. Yeah. And then you played in South Carolina. Yeah, that was, that was so much fun. Really? Yeah, that was the most fun um, team I played on, for sure. Really? Yeah. Especially playing in the south, like, it's nice weather, like, majority of the year. And... Yeah, I remember New Year's Day, we were, like, hanging out at the pool with the boys, and it was, it was nice. The, uh, like, they set up the apartments were awesome. The team was sick. I was having, like, a pretty good year, too. I think I was leading the team in goals when I got shipped out of town. <laughs> what a league. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because I got, like, a, a dis- we'll call it a discussion with the coach a couple days before that, and yeah. he didn't, like, point of view. So... He had side tangent. He calls me into the office and he's like, Colin, I gotta talk to you about your game. And I'm thinking I'm getting like a praise. But yeah. then he goes negative really quickly. He's like, Colin, if you're gonna be here, like you need to be performing. We need you to consistently like put up points and score. And I'm like, Coach, uh, I'm leading the team in goals. I don't know how much more I can do. And he's like, Yeah, I don't have the stats in front of me, but that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> just- <laughs> and, and then, and then he goes, uh, but yeah, if, if you're not going to be scoring at this pace, you really need to work on your defensive because I, you're, I feel like you're a liability out there and we're, we're at a huge disadvantage defensively whenever you're on the ice. I'm like, coach, I also lead the team at plus minus. I goes, yeah, again, like, I don't got the stats in front of me. Right. <laughs> coach is just not a stack guy. He did not, he was not, not ready for those. So the next day I got health bombed. We were in the oh. road in, uh, Wichita, Kansas. And the next morning after that, I get a phone call. Hey, Colin, can you come down to the hotel lobby real quick? Like, oh shit. So I go down to the lobby and my equipment's sitting in the, in the front door and he's like, just slides the plane ticket across the table. He's like, yeah, uh, you're going to game in Cincinnati tonight. Flight leaves in an hour. Thanks for coming. Bye. Wow. Was Was the gear in a bag or did they do the trash bag? No, they gave me a bag at least. Oh, thank God, dude. That's an embarrassing like you show up to the airport with a trash bag. So bad. <laughs> Eight sticks but a trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then how was that game that night? Uh, on a revenge tour? That game was terrible. Like I wasn't <laughs> Yeah. I was it was almost worse than the night I came back from Vegas on two hours sleep. Like <laughs> But I, I I got through it and the next game, like after that it started to click in society and I had like a really successful stint with them and like, I finally, like, I worked my way up into a similar role that I had in South Carolina, like a first, first line player, first power play guy. So that was, that's always good. And it's, again, it's, you're only as good as the opportunity you're given. 
So, like, I got a good opportunity, and I was a good player. And then when you finally retired, was that person you just knew it was kind of over? You didn't want to chase it anymore? What was behind that? Yeah, so it, it kind of stems back to Cincinnati. I had that successful second half of the season with Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and the coach really liked me, and he wanted me to be, like, his guy for the following year. So he, it's, it's called, like, uh, I don't know the right word, but it's essentially almost the same as a franchise tag in football where okay. they can reserve players that nobody else can touch. It's like a tender in the North American League or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So he franchise tagged me. So I wasn't able to sign anywhere else in the U.S., but I was like, I want to go back to Europe. I want to do something else. So I signed this deal in Europe, and with everything they told me, it was a complete lie on the European deal. They're like, we're going to be a sick team, nice rink, like other North Americans, nice car, nice apartment. I'm living in some guy's basement, driving this shitty smart car with the team logo on the side. <laughs> the, the rink doesn't even have outside walls. It's like an open air outside, just the roof. The locker room doesn't have a bathroom. You have to go in the visiting team locker room. What? To like take a shower and stuff. The team is like the worst team in the league. And before the first game, I get a call from the coach and he's like, call and the ice melted in the rink because it's hot outside so we're just gonna go spinning today we're not gonna practice and I'm, and I go no fucking chance I'm out and I, I went in that night and I stole my gear out of the rink like Mission Impossible style <laughs> broke in stole my stuff got a flight went back to the US but Cincinnati still had my rights so the only people they kind of owned me yeah like it was like a dog with my tail tucked between me yeah. like came back hey coach can I play and he's like, yeah, I got a spot for you. But he sandbags me. Yeah. And I went from being the, the guy to fourth line or healthy scratch every night. That stripped my confidence, ruined me. And in January, he finally puts me back in my old role. I think I led the team in points that month. And as a final, just fuck you to send me off. Uh, once I got my trade stock back up, he traded me to the worst team in the league. Oh, damn. So I got a call from that coach. I didn't get a good vibe from him, and then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to play these next two, three months for the worst team league and get my lunch fed to me every night. So if you want to trade me again, go ahead and maybe get somebody for me, uh, but I'm not coming. So he turns me the, like, the following day to Boise, Idaho. So I started making the track out to Idaho, and 10 hours into the road trip, I get a phone call from Idaho, and they're like, actually, Colin, we traded for you just so we could trade you again to Fort Wayne, Indiana. So uh, you're not actually on the team. You're on Fort Wayne, so you got to turn around and drive that same road back 10 hours. And I was like, <sighs> so I had a long time to think about what was going on, and <laughs> that was it for me. I, mean, I, I finished the year in Fort Wayne, but at that point, the, the love was gone. Yeah, dude, I mean... Traded twice without even seeing the team. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that is. But crazy. that was like a great. Like you asked me, how was the first game? The first game I played with Fort Wayne was against Indianapolis, and I scored an overtime winner against them, which felt good. Which is the worst team in the league. The first team I got traded to. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at least, and then you actually got traded back to Indianapolis. <laughs> 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 now you're here and started your own company. Yeah. So let's hear about the company. The original idea was to create a t-shirt that like sculpted towards an athletic built male body. 
because right now they're all pretty much square from the armpit down to the waist. Yeah. And, like, normal athletic man has a bit of a taper to him, so it looks really blousier on the waist. So I came up with an idea for that, and I had these contacts in Colombia with a factory. So I'm on my way to Colombia to uh, meet with the factory, and as I'm sitting in the airport, I, like, go to adjust my underwear, and this smoke show Colombian woman catches me in the act because I'm, like, fixing my, my junk, and she catches me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. So... I'm like, when I go to the factory tomorrow, we got to talk about underwear, too. we got to have something like that's better. That yeah. I, won't, I won't have this problem again. And I went to Columbia, and they didn't have the right materials and other things for their shirts, but the underwear showed a lot more promise. And we did about 16 prototypes over the last year to get everything nailed down, and I think I created the first pair of adjustment-free men's underwear. So the legs don't slide at all, and they have, like, an interior ball pouch that keeps everything straight down the middle from sticking. So, where do I get my pair? I need a pair. <laughs> do I do the shameless plug here? Yeah, do it. <laughs> so, the the website is Vora. So, the company's name is Vora, V-O-R-A, and the website is just Vora.style. No .com or anything like that. Just pretty simple. But, yeah, I think most men will enjoy it. The really differentiating factor is the bottom of the legs have a different fabric than the rest and it has just a little bit more elasticity to it so it locks them in place and they don't ride on you so you can go and do like a workout and you don't have to pull them down in between sets of the squat rack or you can slip on your skinny jeans and you don't have to do the shimmy shake to, <laughs> to pull them down <laughs> no I like that and what's the promo code we got a promo code there or what <laughs> I don't have a promo code no. I thought long and hard about that I, I'm trying to trying to create like a Lululemon um, vibe and Lululemon doesn't do the promo codes. They, they, the price is the price because if everybody has a 20% off promo code, then the price is really 20%, 20% off. off. Yeah. So my price is the true honest price. I like that. I do. I think that's awesome. So are you just starting out with the underwear and kind of seeing where it's going? Or are you still going to work on the shirts? Yeah, I want to get the underwear perfected and branch out into a few more colors and a few more materials to suit different parts of, like, the man's wardrobe. And then from there, I want to do shirts and then preferably do socks and then do jeans and get a classic casual male wardrobe, like, locked in. Something that you can wear every day and not have a bad picture in 20 years, but like, what the hell was I wearing back then? <laughs> That's awesome. So did you have a background in this at all, or you just kind of jumped in and figured it out? A little bit of jumping in and figuring it out, for sure. The only background I would have in clothes or design would be, I'm sure, like, you have, like, a big ass and, and a smaller waist, so pants don't fit you off the rack. <laughs> no. And, That's why I'm not and, a jean guy. I just couldn't be a jean guy anymore because they don't fit properly. And then if they do, like, around the waist, it's like some trucker jeans that are just baggy, and I'm like, okay, that's just not me. Yeah, so I, I had the same problem, and instead of going to the tailor all the time and, and paying someone else to do it, I bought a sewing machine and learned how to sew myself. That's sick. So I tailor all of my own clothes myself, so every, if you ever see me in public, like, my, my pants should fit perfectly, like, perfect hem, <laughs> taper, the waist is pulled in, and 
that's when I was sitting at the sewing machine one day doing my pants, and I'm like, well, my pants look good, but my t-shirts always look like garbage, because the pants are well-shaped, but the t-shirts are, are blousy. Yeah, that's like trial and error. That's unreal. Yeah, that yeah. is really cool. Like, it'll be a great housewife someday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you seem like quite the story guy. You got any good stories for us? You got to give me a topic, and I, I can probably pull one if you have a good topic. Okay, okay, give me but, a minute. Yeah, let's go Vegas. I've been to Vegas a few times, so you got everyone has at least one good I, Vegas story. I tell like the one PG Vegas story. Uh, <laughs> so PG thirteen. My friend and I, we started watching The Bachelor. And yeah. <laughs> so we're in like we're two episodes into The Bachelor and we take off and we go to Vegas. So it's me and two buddies and we lose the one guy, he just disappears. He's a mingler, disappears. We finally pick him up a couple hours later and we're like, Ron, who are you talking to? And he's like, Oh hey everybody meet Rachel And like, Hey Rachel and he's like, Yeah, Rachel's actually been on the bachelor before and my friend goes, No way, like we're watching the bachelor right now. The last episode we were watching was this episode where this girl already had sex with the guy, but the guy doesn't remember her, because, but, like, she looks like a huge slut, and she just turns ghostly white. Oh! Yeah. That was me. Wow. You met? Oh, that is unreal. That is <laughs> like, so funny. <laughs> oh. Well, nice to meet you. You're a legend. Yeah. And then the next morning, you probably shouldn't have, but... We decided we are going to go ride on that roller coaster on the New York, New York, yeah. I think. And so we're on there, and me and the Bachelor storytelling guy are sitting next to each other. And before the roller coaster, I'm like, dude, take your hat off. You're going to lose it. And he's like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. We go through, like, the first big thing, and something hits me on the leg. And I'm like, this dumbass lost his hat. So I go to grab it, and... I grab him, like, that's not his hat, what is it? And I pull it, like, out of the air, like, I'm pulling it out of the air. It's his wallet. He had, like, 10 grand worth of cash in his wallet. And if I didn't snatch this thing out of the air, it would have been just gone. It would have been on the roof somewhere. I don't know. But we just started both hysterically laughing when I caught the thing. Oh, my God. That's crazy. You better buy you some drinks that night or something. They don't have to. They're free. Oh, that's true. That's the best. (laughs) Let's go to the tables. And what's the game of choice when you go to Vegas? Craps. Really? See, I haven't yeah. played it yet. Everyone's like, you got to play. It's so fun. you got to play. It's not It's not as intimidating as you you would think. It's, it's pretty simple. But the easiest way to learn is just stand there and play. Go in the casino's dead. Yeah. I learned because when I played in wheeling, there's not much else to do about the casino. <laughs> so at 3, 4 in the morning, we would stumble into the casino, and it would just be like two or three of the guys and the the pit bosses, and we just play like the three guys and then the the dealers, and they yeah. taught us all the intricacies and stuff. It's cool. That's actually sick. Yes, yeah, that's what I need. I need an introduction course to it. Yeah. So <laughs> they're all super nice to me. Like I don't know the card game. They all explain it, even though they're not supposed to. Well, they want your money, so yeah. of course they're gonna be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't play this game. We don't want your money. <laughs> Wait, you should go on The Bachelor. I tried out for it before. Have you really? <laughs> yeah, when I was in Charleston, the the boys made me try out for it. What's the tryout process? You just like go to the like open bar thing or something? No, you have to submit a video. Oh. So- so I have a video circulating out there. So I hope it doesn't fall in the wrong hands or I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but, but, uh, 
it's like they they give you a set of questions that you should ask, like pretty typical questions, and it's like where are you from? What's your ideal day? What are you looking for in a partner? Blah blah blah. And my idea was, or my, my video is, it starts off with me in the locker room, and I'm just in my gitch, and the camera follows me as I get dressed to like go onto the ice, <laughs> and then and then like I finally get on the ice. And I had this final scene all set up, which is going to be pretty sweet. I bought this heart-shaped pinata. I was going to hang it in the net and shoot a puck at it and have it, like, explode. I was going to look at the camera and be like, so you give me a shot at love. Beautiful. (laughs) But I got traded from South Carolina, like, the day that I was going to shoot that scene. So I never got to get the scene, so I had to have this, like, half-ass finishing. I think that's done. So I'll blame the Stingrays for me not becoming (laughs) Instagram famous. Yeah, that's too bad. That definitely would have gone viral. That would have. That's unreal. (laughs) D3 guy. They have, like, a lot of, like, ex-pro football players, but I can't think of any ex-NHLers or anything. No, I'm probably too old at this point, too. They don't want some washed-up scrub like myself. (laughs) I don't know. The underwear line might be a good pitch, though. Yeah. I could see that working. (laughs) I got to start selling some more. What else you got, Kels? Let's see. What other aspirations do you have? What's on your plate right now? My my biggest thing is I want to, like, travel. Travel is what I look forward to the most in life and meeting new people. Since I, like, hung on my skates in hockey, I think I've been to 18 countries. Really? Yeah. Wow. I looked up the place that you played in Germany. It's, like, Ur- Erding. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the only thing that I really found from it was that there was a big, like, water park there oh the turbine yeah <laughs> it looks cool it's yeah there's there's not a whole lot but erding is only 20 minutes outside of munich okay oh. so you're you're right there like the mm-hmm. munich airport is in erding actually that's how close it is did you do Oktoberfest? Um, i did and honestly i didn't enjoy it too much wow what? really because it's when you leave the tent you walk into like a shady Joe Dirt style um, county fair. <laughs> <laughs> a shady Joe Dirt. That's a great description. Like I picture it perfect now. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then, like inside, it's so packed. It's like ridiculously jam packed. The table's only the size of a picnic bench, like seat. Yeah. So there's no difference between the seat and the tables, and. They just jam you in there, and it was, it's such a long day, and it gets reckless. Like, anytime someone stands up on the table, they have to chug their whole stein of beer. And you just see, like, constant. Like, one guy got up there just holding the beer with his teeth, and those are heavy mugs. Yeah. He took it down, didn't do a drop. Like, wow. Wow. That's impressive. And then one of the crazy things when I first got in there, all these people have these white powder in these jugs, and they're just ripping lines all over the place and I'm like people are just like ripping coke this casually but apparently like a peppermint tobacco that they sell oh, it's not October. coke it's not coke and as I was like all these Italian guys had these just like jugs of what I thought was cocaine but it's like this thing and they're just ripping it off of everything Jeez. they're like stupid American yeah <laughs> Who would think this was cocaine, a white powder? <laughs> idiot. <laughs> That's so funny. And out of the uh, 18 places you've traveled so far, what's been your favorite? 
I would probably, like, my favorite people are the Dutch in, in Amsterdam and the Netherlands. Like, they're the nicest people. But the unfortunate part is they're all giants. They're the tallest people on the planet. So, like, I think the average guy is probably, like, 6'4", 6'5". Wow. What are yeah. you 5'10". Oh. I walked, walked into the bar and this girl's like, oh my god, he's so cute. Like, give me a tap on the head. <laughs> you couldn't order from the bars because you're too short? Yeah, seriously. It was nice going to Colombia. I was a giant. I might have been the biggest man in Colombian history when I was done. Five, the tallest ten. and most muscular man I've ever seen in Colombia. <laughs> That's so funny. But I also really liked Australia. The people are just so laid back, and it's it's nice to a point, like, knowing the language, and hearing a woman with an Australian accent just does it for me. <laughs> I can see that. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty big sucker for a woman with an accent at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you never thought about, like, coaching or, like, getting involved on the other side of the sport? That's one of the reasons why I quit when I did, because I didn't want that to become my life. Because I feel like after a certain point, uh, you're kind of unemployable in the rest of society outside of hockey. And I never really enjoyed coaching, too. Like, that doesn't fit with me. I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want people angry at me. And when you're a coach, someone's always pissed off at you. Uh, and especially when you're coaching little kids, you have 25 people pissed off at you, and they're all older than you because they're their parents. So I... I've, like, completely distanced myself from the game, to be honest. I, I haven't skated since my last professional game. haven't watched a game. It's kind of cold turkey with it. What was that like applying for jobs after you finished playing then? Because I never thought about that. Was your resume, like, purely just professional player, or did you have other stuff on there? I was fortunate enough to sneak out, like, a pretty good degree in, in college. So I somehow, I'm still not sure doesn't bode well for the rest of the people in Vermont, but I graduated valedictorian and engineering in the state of Vermont. Wow. So it's kind of, I don't think it's something that shows that I'm smart. I think it's everybody else is just pretty, pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's looking to go to get an engineering degree, don't go to Vermont because I never opened, I didn't write one note down in four years and I still graduated top of the, top of the class. But it, it looked good on the resume, so... Finding a job wasn't that difficult for me. It was just more of a, what did I want to do and where did I want to be? And did it take some time to, like, figure that out right away? Because you said that you're just doing the housing stuff. I still have a job as an engineer. I don't enjoy it at all. And I, I do the housing at night. And it took me, like, I think it took three months off. Didn't even look for a job after I finished. I just kind of hung out and enjoyed life for a bit and then I, I got the job after that there you go that's awesome this is a good one <laughs> it is a good one i've enjoyed this interview <laughs> it's much better when it's just like a conversation like this and it it's it's way it's way more awkward when somebody has like strict points that they need to hit oh like interview questions like it's a job interview yeah yeah, yeah that just makes me i like I like the, the crazier the questions, the better, in my opinion. Oh, those, are, those are fun. Yeah. Like, I hate hockey interviews because it's always like, yeah, we're going to play hard for the next five minutes. You know, <laughs> they're a really good team, but, you know, we can't they've, – they've been having a few bad games, but we can't let them uh, – we can't get too confident. Uh, yeah, it wasn't me. Jimmy gave me a great pass. That's why I <laughs> – It hard. wasn't me. It was my line mates. I don't know if you saw the pass, but Jimmy gave me the good pass. So. Yeah, you can replay the exact same interview every single time. 
And then everybody like, yeah, that, that was tonight's game, right? No, that was from 2002. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Did you ever have any funny interviews or, like, promo things that you had to do for your teams? I try to avoid them, like, the play. There's a video you can Google on YouTube. It's, like, the only interview I ever did with Cincinnati. My final season there, I didn't do any interviews at all. And at the last, like, last week I was there, the PR guy's like, hey, Colin, people don't even believe you're actually on the team between you on any kind of media. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, you got, you got to make me a deal. If you score tonight, you have to do an interview tomorrow. And, of course, I, like, I had a shitty season, but I scored that night. Like, the one time I don't want to score, I scored. <laughs> I walk in the next day, and like, all right, call, we got to do an interview. And I was like, can I do it with somebody? So I called my, my Vegas friend in, and I'm like, we're going to do an interview together. And he starts off with, like, so how does it feel playing for the Cincinnati Cyclones? I'm like, Everett, this interview sucks already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I like look at my buddy and um, and he's missing his two front teeth. So I'm like, so Jordan, how does it feel talking to a woman for the first time with no front teeth? <laughs> and then he asked, I don't he asked me just like random questions. And then like, I was like, yeah, Simmer, how long does it take for you to get your hair done? <laughs> in, in the locker room so you can try to impress a girl. Like, it was just stupid stuff like that. Shows more personality than, yeah, I really like playing for Cincinnati. We have the best fans in the world. <laughs> I want to play anywhere else. <laughs> That's so funny. It's true, though. It's a fact. Yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking of um, the one, I don't know if it was like MTV or Barstool, but the person did like Life of, and they did it with Tyler Sagan, and the girl was like taking, trying to take the shots and stuff. Oh, have you seen that video? Yeah. It's hilarious. And then she does another one with Chad Ochocinco. It's, you gotta watch those. They're so funny. Yeah. I got a funny Sagan story. I won't say too many names, but a friend of mine was hanging out with Sagan and like his group one day in the summer. And during the day they had like a pool party. So it's 10 guys and 10 girls and they're all hanging out having a good time. And that night they all get dressed to go to the bar and they're like, Girls, uh, we couldn't get a 20-seater uh, bus to take us all, so we got two ten. So, girls, you take the first bus, we'll take the second one, we'll meet you there. He sends the girls to a completely different bar, and the boys went, and they met a whole new group of girls at the other bar. <laughs> 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 ten lined up on the side. That is unreal. <laughs> so wow. That's a pro move, though. Like, the guy's a vet to the, the game. Like, just... Hey, you're old news at this point. I've known you for two hours. You're old news. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I don't know why girls think we're weird and assholes. I don't know. Yeah, it's, just, it's the theme of the pod. Yeah. I used to work for the Sharks, so I got to stand like under the tunnel where the visiting teams were. And Sagan came by, and I've never seen so many girls, like moms, line up near the tunnel. I don't get it. I don't know why he's got such a like a, a pull or an aura about him. I guess I don't know. Yeah. The tats. <laughs> I don't know. If, if it was me, like, I'm lining up for Heinrich Lundquist or something like that, that guy's a stud. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't know, though. I see, I see that why guys or girls could be attracted to Sagan. I don't, I don't know why he's like the sex symbol of the guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's, that's what puzzles me. It could I be the poster, other. too. The girls who held up that poster that said, like, whatever about high school, you know? Like, yeah. girls kind of have seen that and that put them on the map because, like, 
That was fake. What? Was it? That was photoshopped. Wow. Wait, whoever made that then is hilarious. But it went completely viral. Like, girls I went to high school with, like, that had no clue about hockey, all had seen the photo and stuff and, like, thought Yeah, the real photo is just, like, hey, say we went to high school with you or something like that. And then somebody put a few extra words in it. And he's smiling, though. Like, it looked real because he's smiling. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you did. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever made me that sign. That sucks. This is the only sign I ever got. And it's... Like a ten-year-old girl. That's that's the best I got. <laughs> Thick barn, though. That's oh. actually a pretty solid picture. Yeah, it's a good yeah. picture. That's yeah. I, I don't pull the same crowd as Tyler saying, and I get the the ten-year-old girls like me, and then once they grow up, they realize I suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> What's the best rink that you've played in? Cause that one looked pretty nice. So that's Cincinnati, which is a pretty nice rink. I think it holds. Around 15,000. The nicest, like, pure arena is probably Orlando, which is the Amway Center. It's where the Orlando Magic play. Mm-hmm. That's like a 20-something thousand. The, like, cliche answer would be Fenway Park, even though it's not an arena. You it's played the there? Red- yeah, I played there in college. I honestly hated it. You guys did an outdoor game? Yeah. That's sick. Who'd you guys play? Played Babson. Oh, that's probably that was probably pretty sick though. What it was like a cool idea and atmosphere, but the game itself actually sucked because yeah, it was so cold and it was so windy, and it just blew all of the snow on one side of the ice. Oh. So like half of the ice was like you couldn't even move the puck; it was two inches deep, and I was freezing. Like the second you get back to the bench and the sweat starts coming off you, it's miserable, absolutely miserable. How was the hike out? Did you guys have a freaking walk to the the rink? It, Huge walk. Huge. <laughs> you have to wear like the skate guards, like, and just there's so yeah. much like that could be on the way, and it's really clunky. But it's cool to to even do it. The best part of that was the picture we got out of it. We yeah. had a picture of the team on the ice, and the backdrop is the backstop, like welcome to Fenway Park, like the huge thing. Yeah. And it's like super clear picture. It's awesome. That's, that's the best sick. part of it. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, that would be, that's a sick thing to say, even though the game sucks, but at least yeah. you played in Fenway. It was the first college game I ever played in, personally. Really? Yeah, I was terrible. I almost, like, I couldn't even stand up in the wind. I'm such, like, so small, I was blowing me all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> at least you had an excuse. <laughs> it's not even a good excuse, it's just, like, a lie I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's awesome. Was that the only outdoor game you've ever played? Well, that and all the times I skated in Germany and the rink that didn't have walls. <laughs> <laughs> the home rink that was outside with no rink. The home rink that's indoor-outdoors on a lake. Uh, <laughs> and then in Wheeling, our practice rink was the same thing, like just had a roof, no walls. Thank God we like practiced there like four or five times when the rodeo or like the Wheeling mm-hmm. rough, rough man came into town. And the first one, we're out there practicing, and it's so cold that guys are, like, cutting off the sleeves of their sweatshirts and wearing it as turtlenecks and stuff because it was so cold out there. Oh. And we're doing a two-on-two battle in the corner, and the guy I'm with on my own team tries to stick lift the guy with the puck, misses, no. takes it out, oh. and it's, like, broken off at the nub, so it's freezing it's cold crazy. and the nerve is exposed, and it was miserable. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't wish that on anyone. 
No, I don't. I don't wish that. I feel so bad for the guys who lose their teeth and and like I'd probably rather take the scar than the teeth. In the short term, in the long term, I take the teeth because dentists are pretty sick. But in the short term, the teeth hurt yeah. a lot. Teeth suck. Yeah. And I, I don't have someone who got fifty dollars dental plans that just snaps them back yeah, in a place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that guy is. Might need to shoot him a text. Yeah, you need to send him a Christmas card. <laughs> yeah. The pre and before picture and after picture. Yeah. That's funny. That's. <laughs> Once the uh, underwear line shoots off, we're going to have to get you back on. Yeah, yeah. So it's going now, but hopefully things start to pick up in the next few months here and, and start to get some traction. Yeah, I'll get a pair, and if I like them, I'll just become your biggest, like, uh, marketer. I'll just tell everyone about them. <laughs> just like a used car salesman, just grease some people. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be at bars, and I'll get the rip-away pants. I'll be like, wait till you see this. Rip the pants off. I'll be like, most comfortable underwear you can ever have. That's That's like... Uh, the marketing, I want to kind of play on sexuality, like Calvin Klein does. Yeah. And, uh, I also want to have, like, good-looking women in it because you and I don't want to see a man in underwear. I'd rather see a woman in underwear. Just a fact. So, like, a lot of the captions are, when she sees you wearing these underwear, all she's going to think about is what you look like with them off. Well, <laughs> that's perfect. And then, good advertising pitch. Yeah, so, but it's a, there's a bunch of things like that where... Like, what does a Ferrari and Bora have in common? You buy, you buy bolts to show them off. <laughs> I like that, though. That's perfect. Yeah, that is good. Was it intimidating at all trying to start it? The intimidating part would just be not knowing what you're doing and kind of stumbling through it. Just able to meet, like, a few really cool people along the way that have helped me. But I'm still firmly uh, trial by error at this point. Yeah, especially, like, going to photo shoots. Like, I don't know what the hell how to set up a photo shoot. And I remember the first one I showed up, the woman's like, so do you have a makeup artist for the girls? And I'm like, no, like, well, is that so you're supposed to have that? <laughs> yeah, but, no, it's a learning curve, definitely. Yeah, but we'll get there. It's just slow and steady. <laughs> I started this in the beginning of July, and I got an LLC for it and everything because I was thinking I'd put on all these events and, like, do different things, but I didn't realize how long COVID was going to be, so at this point, I'm like, I should just dissolve the LLC until, like, the world gets back to normal. Yeah, it's it's so, like, brutal how long this is all gone. When it first started, they gave us this promise of two weeks, and it'll be over with. Yeah. It's the longest two weeks of my life. <laughs> and now it's like no end in sight because Europe's closing back down and uh, I don't know. It's I just I think personally the, uh, Sweden is the country I admire how they did it. They're just like, well, it's, we're just going to get it and get over with it and let nature take its course. Yeah. Were you traveling when it all started to happen? Yeah, I was in... Uh, Quebec City when everything shut down, pretty much. Damn. Really? And I was on my way to Vegas, actually, to meet my friend and, and didn't get the trip because Vegas, like, called and like, yeah, we're closing the casino today, so you can't come. What's uh, your go-to hotel in Vegas? That time I was staying at the Aria. I don't really have allegiance to anything. Gotcha. But, uh, Is was, Aria the one with the pool on top? I think that might be the Cosmo. 
Gotcha. I don't know. He was staying at the Cosmo, but I didn't book in time, so I, I was across the street at the Aria. Where do you stay? Kind of funny, because the first time was on a road trip, so we had my dog with us. And, like, the only dog-friendly hotel on the Strip is Caesar's Palace, so we left our dog in the room and, like, went and gambled and had fun. I was going to say... That's what he told you because he's got too many skeletons walking around Vegas. So he's like, "Oh, the only the only hotel that accepts dogs twenty miles outside the strip." Yeah. <laughs> <Except> <laughs> I know your strategy. <laughs> Caesars was like, yeah, like with the dog, like you can only get like the sweets or something. Yeah. So the room was unbelievable. Like this room was so nice, and it was just because we had a little puppy. <laughs> And then we stayed at the Venetian. The Venetian was pretty solid. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really expensive. We just stayed there because we didn't pick the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I think the Aria and the Cosmo are, like, the two newer, like, younger vibe ones. The Cosmo is supposed to be unbelievable. Yeah. The Cosmo had quite a bit of scenery, we'll say that, when I was walking around. <laughs> quite a bit on the menu. <laughs> But I, I can't wait to, to go somewhere and get out of here. Yeah, traveler too? Like, this probably sucks for you. I want to go to, uh, like, Russia next. Really? Yeah. That would be sick. Something. Yeah. I'm, like, so curious to see what it's all like. It seems just like a completely different world. Like, I the, the lifestyle, the people just seem chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> and the women are, like, such a polarizing. It's either, like, a babushka who's a negative too. Or this, like, ice princess who's a 12. Ice princess. <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as, like, a 5 in Russian women. It's, like, negative 2 to 12. <laughs> <laughs> and they get dressed up when they go anywhere, I've heard. That's Europe in general, pretty much. Girls always look good. There's no, uh, well, at least when I was living in Munich, you'd be real tough to see a girl strolling around in, like, uh, Lululemon pants or things like that. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, the U.S., we're all slob kebabs over here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still occur when you're in an international airport, and you see, uh, you can just pick Americans out of the crowd. Yeah. It's like, any guy who's over 270 pounds with a Harley Davidson t-shirt on, American. <laughs> yeah, we're the fat, bald guys. Yep, Americans. That's it. <laughs> the fat, bald guys. That's like Heyman from Dallas, you can tell. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I would like to travel more. I've been to Italy, Ireland, and Mexico and Canada. That's it. You can't count Canada. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's America North. That's not, that's not a different country. <laughs> true, true. Where in Italy you go? Um, I did like a mini study abroad with my school, so they drove us all around. Um, and it's been a minute, so I'm trying to think. We went to Milan, Bologna, um, and like four other places, but I'm... Do you want to Venice? No, unfortunately not. This was like, I guess the same teacher put this thing on every year, and so they went to all the big ones, the first three, and then the one year that I went, we went to like all of these smaller... Uh, yeah. I personally hated Venice, so I wouldn't be too disappointed. Really? I hated it, yeah. It was gross. Gross little city. <laughs> Damn, I'm surprised by that. It's it's an absolute maze. Um, you can't see anything where you're going. 
because the buildings are so tight together and they're all like three or four stories tall. So you can't see like a skyline or like a general direction. So your only point of reference is the sun. And it's like a weaves back and forth. Like there's no straight lines or anything. So trying to find your way around there is an absolute disaster. <laughs> and there's so many people there. You can't even move. It's like shoulder to shoulder the entire time on the sidewalk. Like you think you're at a club. And, like, the grossest part is the sewage. You can smell, like, coming oh. through the sidewalks, and it's just, oh, not for me. Yeah. Did you rent uh, any sports cars or anything? When I lived in Germany, uh, one day my friend and I rented a BMW M5 just to, just to tune her up, see how fast we could get her going on the Autobahn. Because we had an Audi A4 when I was there, which I think it probably topped out around, like, 170 miles an hour. So we wanted to get, oh, get her going a little bit better than that. So we... we that's that's unreal. <laughs> oh my god, I would be freaking out. That's way too. It's a much. weird sensation to drive for an hour and have your foot on the floor and never pick it up. NASCAR. It's seriously, you just foot on the floor, let it rip, and don't even worry about it. And then until this Audi R8 came screaming past us. He must have been going like 240 miles an hour. Just screeched past us. That's insane. I'm, I'm stupid enough to do it. I, I loved it. I, I don't have to fear. Yeah. I should probably have to fear, but I, I think don't. I would do it for sure. If I ever had the chance, I would try it. Yeah, you got it. You just can't you take my 2003 Honda CRV on there. I just don't think it's going to hit 100. You might not even hit 100 kilometers. You might just go <laughs> <laughs> The wheels are going to fall off. They're like, what the fuck? You know, you're going to have a bag of bolts by the time you hit 62. <laughs> you're actually right. The thing starts to shake once I hit uh, those high 60s. So. Thank God I'm a Jeep Wrangler. That thing would hit 27 and just be ready to fall apart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't have a Jeep Wrangler. I feel like an asshole. No. I have the Honda CRV. It's it's on its last leg. I bought it when I was playing in Atlanta off some oh. some Russian dude, and it's just been barely on its last edge for many. Was it years. like a Kovalchuk? <laughs> no, he was already shipped back by that time. <laughs> he got his car and it had a boat engine in it. No, no, you no. completely <laughs> fucked that up. No. Yeah, I don't know cars. You have an outboard on the back there. Just no, it wasn't a boat engine, so. It was, so I got the car off this Russian dude. I drove it for like a week. It was running fine. And one day it just like stopped working. Gas, power steering, everything just went off. Couldn't restart the car. I looked at it. It was like both the bolts, like the positive and negatives had fallen off the battery. So I put them back on and they like drove a little. They fell off again. And then I was like, what the hell? And so I called AAA. They told it. They're like, yeah, the reason it doesn't fit is this guy put a boat battery in your car. So it doesn't fit properly. Yeah. So like all you need is like just a car battery. And I was like, well, yeah, can I just get the car battery? Like I don't, I don't want the boat one anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I switched over to car, which great decision and it's worked ever since. That's nice. That's nice. You love to see a good happy ending like that. (laughs) Exactly. Fuck. Cars are such a waste of money. Just an absolute pit of money. Not worth it. I know. Ride until the wheels fall off. That's what my plan is. My plan is to make it through college with this clunker and then see if I have any money. Honestly, I just keep driving it. Invest in Tesla. Don't buy one. 
That's what I did. Everybody called me stupid for the last five years. Now I don't look too stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my average price is like $15 a share, and I think it's at like 400 something bucks right now. Ooh, not bad. But not bad at all. That's just part of being an old man. I'm officially an old man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about weed stocks? I think it's over. If we're going to be like geeky and honest, I think it's super oversaturated. Um, the, the old moniker is like buy the, buy the rumor, sell the news. And then the fact that like whenever your grandmother comes up to you and tells you about a stock, it's probably not a good idea anymore. And like everybody on the planet is like, Oh, weed is the next best thing. If everybody already knows that, then the price of the stock is already reflecting it. Yeah. There's already so much competition in it. And like even the Canadian growers don't have the demand that they anticipated. So I don't, I personally wouldn't be in the weed stocks. The only thing that would make it like viable is if a bunch of them consolidated into like a central entity. Yeah. That or I was thinking, um, any of the like Boeing or like Southwest, the airplanes. I think Boeing could be a good one because it, uh, you don't pick one, you pick on the entire market. So it kind of, Spread your risk. It's more, it's less risk adverse. Um, and the 737 is going to get recertified in the short term. So, like the second that does, is you're going to get a pop as long as you're in it before that. And then the airline industry is going to come back. It's just a matter of when. So instead of picking one horse to ride, like you can ride the whole fleet if you're with Boeing versus in one individual one. But if you were to go individual, I would say Southwest or Delta. It's the two big horses. Yeah. You think over like United or anything else? Yeah, United is, uh, it doesn't have the customer loyalty that the others do. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the same premium product as well. Delta is the most profitable airline in the world. It's also the, so I personally would own, I don't own any Delta stock, but I own options on Delta. So I'm getting real technical and geeky now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have, uh, like, I have an option on Delta that is going to go up in the future, and I've, I've done pretty well on it so far. Gotcha. You think they're the biggest airline in the world over, like, Emirates and everything? The biggest one is Ryanair out of uh, Ireland. Yeah. But Delta's the most profitable, not the biggest. Okay. The most gotcha. Uh, I think Delta is the second largest in the – no, American is, sorry. American is the second largest because they merged with U.S. Airways, and that made them the second largest fleet. Gotcha. We're going to start calling you before we buy stocks. <laughs> you can. I honestly do a lot. I'm, I'm pretty deep in the game. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I've probably read like a hundred something books on it. Wow. What kind of engineering do you do? Civil. So like buildings, roads, bridges, things like that. Okay. So would civil engineering be the same thing as like architecture? Kind of? No. And an architecture uh, makes things look pretty, and engineering makes sure it doesn't fall down. Gotcha. Okay. It comes up with an idea and a design, and the engineer would be like, is this feasible? Will people die in this? So and an architecture is like a picture drawer, and an engineer is like a glorified math geek. Gotcha. Have you worked on any big projects? The one-on-one right now is like pretty decently sized. It's a hundred and something million dollars. Oh, uh, my God. 
pretty boring. It's like a park with bridges and new sidewalks. Like, gives a shit. <laughs> Jeez. But I, I honestly, uh, I, I really would love my clothing company to start and do something so I can get out of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure with you with this. Would like to have this rather than doing, um, like a full time job. Who wants to do that? Yeah, no, I feel it. <laughs> I'm doing um, accounting and contract reviews right now. So this that is sounds super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking blast! Can I? T- if you're bored. You don't really want to send my some my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we just this is definitely what I look forward to. Have you guys sold a lot of pairs of underwear and everything, or? No, so I only started a month ago. Um, I think I've only sold around 100 pairs to this point, which isn't bad um, for a month of, of just starting out with no real publicity or marketing budget or anything like that. Yeah. So it, I think I think it should work. Um, it's just a matter of getting the word out and trying to trying to make like customers happy because it's the easiest way to blow it is being like bad customer service. Yeah. Because if somebody won't leave you a positive review, but they're sure as hell leave you a negative review. <laughs> I know. But have you gotten any bad reviews yet? Hopefully it's all been good. It's all been good so far, yeah. Alright. It's always nerve wracking when you send it out to somebody who you don't know, like an organic sale and you don't know that person, you're like Jesus, I hope they like it. Like, because they don't know it as much as like I do. So maybe my internet or my advertising doesn't describe the product what they're envisioning in real life, and it doesn't live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. But I get I get nervous for it every time. Still, that's understandable. It is really scary. Yeah. Do you know most of the people who have left reviews on your page, or no? I think I know all but like one or two. They're pretty funny. Some There's some funny pretty, ones on here. Yeah. So the really funny ones aren't real reviews. They're just like text messages from my buddies to me, and I copy and paste them and put them in the review section. That's unreal. <laughs> Feels like my girl is cradling my sack for me all day. <laughs> just fantastic. Yeah, I want to keep a little bit because he said I think feels like my bra is cradle in my sack, and I'm like I don't think the women would want me to have bra. Yeah, girls aren't a fan of that word. So so I speak that one a little bit, but yeah, that that's my boy Kyle. He played. uh, He's the one who went to the Minnesota camps. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) That's funny. Well, we'll go leave a good review for you. Yeah. Tyler, I'll have to get creative. Yeah, be funny. I think in the automated review uh, email, it's like, leave it open and honest. I get rather honesty than just, like, fluff. But if you can be honest and be funny, I prefer that, too. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, though. I like that. That's awesome. All right. I think we're going to sign off, but it was awesome talking to you. Awesome talking to you guys, too. Have a good day. Yeah, thank uh, you so much for coming on. Yeah. No problem at all. Yeah. I enjoyed it. That was fun, yeah. <laughs> good Bye. luck with the CRD. Bye, guys. Take it easy. <laughs>